gold standard. Welcome to the Dr. Hedberg Show for cutting-edge practical health information. For the latest articles, videos, and podcasts, visit drhedberg.com. That's D-R-H-E-D-B-E-R-G.com. The information in this show is intended for educational purposes only. Always consult your healthcare professional before attempting anything recommended in this program. And now, here's Dr. Hedberg. Well, welcome everyone to the Dr. Hedberg Show. This is Dr. Hedberg. And today I'm going to be talking about a very simple blood test that is very uh, effective for evaluating Hashimoto's thyroiditis. So this test is called the RDW test, and that's also known as the red blood cell distribution width. And the RDW test is part of the complete blood count, the CBC. So the CBC tests your immune system, all of the immune cells, the neutrophils, lymphocytes, and things like that. And it also has platelets and your red blood cells. And we can learn a lot about someone by the size of their red blood cells, if they're too big or too small, or if there's a lot of variability in the size of the red blood cells. So if there are a lot of big ones, a lot of small ones, a lot of variability in that size, that gives us some valuable information as well. So there was a recent study that came out looking at RDW in Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And the study found that those who have Hashimoto's have higher levels of RDW. So I'll just say a little bit more about RDW. Again, it's part of the CBC. And we run the CBC on pretty much every patient. And we monitor that uh, while we're going through treatment. And the RDW, it's going to be higher when someone is anemic. So if someone has an iron deficiency anemia or if they have a vitamin B12 type of anemia, this can increase the RDW. But we also know that chronic inflammation can elevate the RDW. So things like rheumatoid arthritis, inflammatory bowel, high blood pressure, and now we know Hashimoto's can increase the RDW. So we can pretty much confidently use RDW as a sign of inflammation when we combine it with other inflammatory markers. So if you're a patient of mine, you know we check the C-reactive protein, which is a great test for measuring inflammation. Fibrinogen is another good one. Erythrocyte sedimentation rate. Homocysteine and D-dimer. Those are all good tests for inflammation. And also on the CBC, uh, there are some signs there that we can find which also indicate chronic inflammation, such as looking at neutrophils and monocytes. So let's talk a little bit more specifically about this study. So this study was 165 patients. 102 of them have confirmed Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And then there were 63 in the healthy control group. 
So the mean age of the participants it was not significant. 85 of the 102 patients with Hashimoto's were women. And 55 of the 63 participants in the healthy control group were women. So that's not a surprise that women were much more represented in the study because women have much higher rates of Hashimoto's thyroiditis compared to men. They found that the CBC, all the other markers in the CBC, those were not significantly different between the the control group and the study group. They found that free T4 levels were significantly lower in the Hashimoto's thyroiditis group compared to the healthy controls, and we would expect that. And the TSH levels were higher in the study group compared to the healthy controls. So those are two things that we would expect to see because TSH levels are usually increased in Hashimoto's and free T4 levels are decreased. There has been uh, previous research that did show a direct connection between lower T4 levels and increased RDW. And that was a study done by Brenner. And I linked to that study uh, on the website if anyone's interested. Now, free T3 levels were not significantly different between the groups. And remember that free T3 is somewhat ambiguous, and it's not always the best test to specifically identify a thyroid issue. It's just one test out of many. Uh, But the body is fairly highly adaptive to changes in, in T3 levels, and it does a pretty good job of keeping those levels okay. But there is a percentage of the population, about 15 to 20% of the population does have a genetic difficulty converting T4 to T3. If it's not genetic, then there are other things to look at, like stress and uh, iron deficiency and uh, selenium deficiency, inflammation, vitamin D, all those kinds of things are important to look at if those levels are low, not due to genetics. And the study, as I mentioned earlier, they found that the RDW levels were significantly increased in the study group compared to the healthy controls. So that was their main conclusion. Now they do point out some other interesting findings, uh, additional research they cite, that does connect RDW to thyroid disorders. And uh, I linked to this uh, particular study. It's called the red blood cell distribution width is associated with serum levels of thyroid stimulating hormone in the general population. So this was a study that found TSH levels are increased in patients who have increased RDW. And an additional paper that I linked to also showed that RDW levels are higher in those who have hypothyroidism. So many, uh, many connections there, many papers describing this connection. So why does the RDW increase in Hashimoto's? Basically because Hashimoto's is an inflammatory process. And also we know that in hypothyroidism, it increases. So it's a combination of inflammation 
and the hypothyroidism. But you always want to assess the RDW along with other inflammatory markers, like I mentioned earlier, the C-reactive protein and tests like that when you're dealing with Hashimoto's. And then there was another paper I linked to that showed that thyroid hormone has direct effects on RDW. So this particular paper that I linked to on, on the website found that RDW in, will increase in both hypothyroidism and hyperthyroidism. So even in Graves' disease, the inflammation from, from the Graves will increase the RDW. Now, what about selenium? So we know that selenium is effective for Hashimoto's and Graves' disease. It's been shown to lower antibody levels and improve well-being in those with Hashimoto's. And uh, that's for people who take 200 micrograms a day. Uh, We can actually use the RDW test to decide if we want to use selenium supplementation or not in Hashimoto's. And I linked to a study on the site that actually showed RDW can be intimately tied to selenium status. So if RDW is high in Hashimoto's, then that is a good indicator that selenium supplementation can be used uh, because the study found not just selenium, other antioxidants were depleted along with selenium in Hashimoto's. So that's that's another thing that it can be used for uh, regarding supplementation. So I always check everyone's CBC, and I look at the RDW, and uh, if they have Hashimoto's, then we can use this as a good indicator of progress and how they're doing. Because if we get the inflammation down, then we get the Hashimoto's under control, then we can also look at the RDW and use that as a marker to see how we're doing. So I would recommend if you haven't had the CBC done in a while and you have Hashimoto's, make sure you check that fairly regularly to see if it's increased. And that can tell you if you need to focus a little bit more on the inflammation in the body and uh, getting the Hashimoto's balanced and potentially using selenium to improve that and uh, improve well-being and lower antibody levels. So definitely, if you haven't had this done, ask your doctor for the CBC and check out your RDW levels. Uh, This study, as with many others, have shown very intimate connections with Hashimoto's, and that also includes hypothyroidism, hyperthyroidism, and Graves' disease. So I will post all the links I talked about on drhedberg.com and you'll see this article under articles entitled Hashimoto's Thyroiditis and the RDW Test. So you can check all that out there if you want to read these papers more specifically. Okay, well, take care, everyone. This is Dr. Hedberg. Thanks for listening, and I will talk to you soon. If you enjoy the Dr. Hedberg Show, you can support it by sharing each episode on your social media channels, like Facebook, and by leaving a review on iTunes. Please visit drhedberg.com. 
That's D-R-H-E-D-B-E-R-G.com to access the show notes and resources for today's episode. 